I'm thankful you're all well. Good day to you. You're listening to Gaino. If you're tuning in for the first time today, Gaino is the Seneca word for music or song. I'm your host, Brett Maybe, and each week we take a listen to some amazing music from different indigenous artists from across Turtle Island. For the next hour, you're invited to pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the music. Leah McDonald of Ganyangehagat descent has been recording under the band name Opium since 2015. It was a recent announcement that Opium is going to be performing at the Onosegwende Cultural Center on my home territory uh, that prompted today's conversation. I'm excited to discuss Opium's latest release, their fourth album. It's called What Symbol Represents the Spirit. In addition, we're going to be talking about the unique cultural climate that Liam grew up in in Minneapolis. In addition, he's recently signed a book deal with Penguin Random House. We have a lot to talk about today, so keep it tuned in for an insightful chat. As we get into the music, you're invited to turn it up and sing along with the Indian Boy Blues, the opening track of Opium's latest album, Asaranode, and you ought to sing along. You're listening to Gaino. Go now till you fear, till you fear nothing. Can't stop till they take, till they take something. Go on day by day walking. Feel like I was born just to be nothing. Different world, different scene, different day coming. Never do what you say till I stay walking. Stepping the vibe right, steadily getting my mind right. Shifting with side eyes, never let you into my life. Don't mind me, I'ma keep walking Maybe God damn, maybe God damn Maybe God damn Indian blues Maybe God damn Indian Lord blues Maybe God damn, maybe God damn Maybe God From What Symbol Represents a Spirit, released in the summer of 2021. If you're just now tuning in, you're listening to Guy Note. I'm your host, Brett Maybe, and I'm excited about my chat today with Liam McDonald of Ganyageha Descent. Uh, he's currently living out in Chicago right now, and uh, oh, he's going to be coming to my neck of the woods here in the near future, and that got me super excited. So, uh, needless to say, welcome to Guy Note today, Liam. How are you doing? Uh, young cat, Liam. Uh, 
Um, it's a great pleasure to be here um, and to be welcome to Seneca Nation um, on our next upcoming tour. First of all, I guess we should keep our fingers crossed that it's going to be able to happen. That's a little bit out, you know, <laughs> what, over a month away now. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of a repeat from 2020. But anyway, we can get to that in just a little bit. Um, well, for listeners out there who are just tuning in, we're going to be listening to uh, a couple more tracks from this great album. I do have a single that was released to kind of tie in with Indigenous Peoples Day. And Liam also has a book deal with penguin random house and uh, we're, we're gonna have a great time today so i guess before going any further let's get the introductions out of the way uh tell listeners out there a little bit about yourself uh yeah definitely so uh, i grew up in minneapolis minnesota um and i lived there most of my life uh, my dad's uh, originally from watertown new york um and his family before settling in watertown came from ganawage and uh, my dad left his family pretty young um so i was pretty disconnected for most of my family growing up, but growing up in Minneapolis, um, like we were talking about before, is definitely front line for a lot of um, Native resistance. It's where the American Indian Movement started. Um, so growing up there, I was definitely really blessed um, to have a lot of Native literature and to have a lot of influence um, as far as my political belief systems go. I would say that's definitely a catalyst that created a lot of things to where I'm at now. Um, and then eventually, by kind of the way of music. Um, I ended up in Chicago. I was in a music school in the Twin Cities in Minnesota and it closed down and then I kind of just ended up at the only program that would take me um, in Chicago and I fell in love with it um, and I never left. And so I've been here for, for three and a half years and just a lot of really beautiful music things have happened since I've been here. We started uh, Indigenous Peoples Day concert here um, to try to get rid of Columbus Day. It's been definitely a struggle um, there's a pretty big Italian American community here that doesn't really um, want to change Columbus Day, but we're kind of using rock and roll and hip hop and uh, contemporary music to try to um, liven up the movement a little bit here and uh, bring a lot of the young people together um, to try to make something happen. So that's kind of a little bit about where I come from. I think often there's a tendency, uh, especially on territories, for people to be a little bit dismissive of the quote-unquote urban Indian, but uh, I, right. one of my best friends, he grew up in Connecticut. In fact, he's just, uh, is now heading, he was my old boss, but he's also heading up the uh, Indigenous Studies at the University of Buffalo, and we've had some really deep conversations, and you see some a uh, kind of great synthesis in the big city like that, kind of a, a merging of ideas and whatnot, yeah? Yeah, definitely. I mean, my dad, I think my dad left upstate New York, New York City, when he was probably like 13 or 14 years old, you know, and kind of never never looked back. And he was always a visual artist and a photographer and painter. And um, I think he always just told me, you know, I mean, that that's where artists end up, you know. Yeah. It's not really... It's not really one way or the other. It's kind of just, you know, sometimes in the big city is, is where artists converge and where artists, you know, synthesize, like you said, synthesize ideas and stuff like that. So, I mean, I've, I've always, um, you know, try to get on the land as much as I can and still connect um, with my spirituality. But um, growing up in the city, I think, you know, you miss out on certain parts um, of your experience that other people might experience, but you also can experience beautiful elements of art and culture and and other people's culture and i guess um i guess learning how to speak that language that crosses the aisle and uh, i think that's been a real blessing for me um growing up in, in visual art and music and stuff and um, yeah, I got no regrets. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit more about your your musical history. What got you into playing? Yeah, so like I said, my dad's a, he's a sculptor, painter, photographer. Um, so I definitely had that creative influence growing up. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of Haudenosaunee people are, you know, they're visual, creative, really strong with creative medicine. And uh, um, so I think that definitely influenced me at a young age, just being able to draw and paint. I didn't really have any family um, like none of my parents were musicians. I didn't grow up in, in, a, in a musical family, quote unquote, but my older brother was a musician from a very young age. So, I mean, we started playing music, just me banging on the drums pretty young. And we started a band and luckily in the twin cities in Minnesota, they had like public art schools. So like it was subsidized by the city. And so from fourth grade all the way through college, I 
been an arts program, so I kind of got taken out of um, quote-unquote normal school, and I was able to go into music programs, visual arts programs. Um, so I think that really shifted uh, my focus in life towards being an artist. And um, yeah, when I was in high school, I was a performing arts high school, so I could choose music. And essentially, when other kids would be taking like home ec or something or elective courses, um, we would just go into rooms and we'd be told to write songs, essentially, you know, and then nice. on Friday. Um, so I think a lot of that stuff, and I think growing up in Minneapolis, it's a very like musical town, um, influenced a lot of that. Prince is from the Twin Cities. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bob Dylan's originally from Minnesota. So, I mean, I think even though Minneapolis isn't a big, super big city, it definitely hits um, above its grade as far as like rock and roll and um, musical influences. I think a lot of it just comes from growing up there. And then I went to music school um, at McNally Smith College of Music in St. Paul for three and a half years. And then it closed down my last semester, like filed for bankruptcy. And that's how, like I was saying before, how I ended up in Chicago. Um, and I finished my degree down there. And so I do have a degree in music. Um, I have a minor in production, music production, too. Well, talking about St. Paul, I feel like we got to give a quick shout out to our, <laughs> a, a great affiliate out there who picked up guy known uh, KVCS out there at uh, St. Um, Cloud University. So, uh, yeah, great. I mean, this is giving me a little bit more of a reference on, on our conversation today and whatnot, too. And uh, I, I definitely got to make it out there one of these days. If you're just now tuning in, you're listening to Gyno. Leah McDonald of the band Opium is my featured guest today. We're listening to tracks from What Symbol Represents the Spirit, released this last summer. And uh, we're going to get back into the tunes at this time. I figured, um, well, all right, let's start off with this track right here. Lungs on Fire. Something tells me that you're not talking about dabs with this particular track. Can you tell listeners out there what they're going to be hearing? Yeah, no, it's not about dabs. It's uh, close, though. It's about the Amazon rainforest burning down. So it's kind of a kind of a political environmentalism anthem kind of song. Uh, before our hour is up today, I uh, got some interstate coming your way. Also, one from the New Folk Rebel Alliance, one of Liam's recommendations for our listening, uh, and a whole lot more. Robbie Robertson in this block, Kama Carmona. But first, without further ado, turn it up and sing along with "Lungs on Fire" from what symbol represents a spirit from Opium. You're listening to Gyno. <laughs> Right here. 
living in the underground My mama was looking for me But I was nowhere to be found Now I'm no longer on the run I've had some luck and I'm doing well started from when I stole that Bible from the hotel. So you've never been nothing. You're just a dead-end kid. You probably end up in prison or maybe down on the skids. No, you'll never be nothing. You're just a dead-end kid. That's what they told me. That's what they said. from Robbie Robertson's cinematic album. You're listening to Gino Opliam, and Liam McDonald is my featured guest today. Thus far, we've talked about a little bit of uh, your upbringing in Minneapolis, how that shaped a lot of your political views. Uh, you went off to music school. You're up in Chicago right now. But I kind of want to tie all this together and whatnot. When we were chatting before the interview actually properly started, for most outsiders of Minneapolis, what happened with George Floyd seemed like something that just came out of nowhere. But as you were kind of relaying, I mean, that climate has always been a little bit there, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, like I was talking about earlier, uh, the high school I graduated from was like right across the parking lot from uh, Derek Chauvin's police precinct that burned down and, and the Cup Foods grocery store that George Floyd Square is at now. Um, where he was killed is right across the corner from one of my best friends when I was in high school. And so I grew up all around that area and um, spent a lot of time in high school around there. And um, I think, yeah, I think the outside perspective is kind of like it's a, a big fluke or a big kind of, you know, random thing that popped off there. But I think if you look at the, the American Indian Movement and why the American Indian Movement started in specifically Minneapolis, um, you realize that there was a problem with the police state in Minnesota that goes back, you know, a long, long time, just, you know, relating to the police, but then also a lot of other stuff in Minnesota historically too with Native Americans, but specifically in that area of South Minneapolis um, with like a lot of the AIM patrols and why um, AIM had to start policing the police essentially um, was because the laws in Minneapolis were so racist the Native American people, um, the people kind of had to stand up for their rights in order to even, you know, live with some kind of equity. And, and um, you know, there used to be laws in Minneapolis that specifically sentenced, you know, Native American men killing a, a white man differently than if a white man killed uh, a Native American, like by statute, like it was written into the, into the laws that if a Native killed a white guy, it was automatically a first-degree murder, no matter the circumstances. Mm. And then vice versa, it was automatically, if a, if a white man killed an Indian, it was, it was like third-degree manslaughter. And that was actually written into the sentencing guidelines. So, so much of the police state and, like, the government in Minnesota is kind of has this history, you know, even though it's the North and people consider the North not to be racist, you know, up in North Dakota, Wisconsin, Minnesota, there's a long history of what we call like the deep north, you know, yeah. where you get so far north that it, it's essentially like a mirror of like Mississippi, you know, but it's for Native American people. It's like, sure. you know, they have signs, they have all these laws. And so I think seeing all the George Floyd reaction or the reaction to George Floyd's murder to me was like a culmination of, of so many different factors in that city that have just been kind of like, you know, I've always been there. I've always been undercurrents of the of the culture and the activism, but a lot of people just kind of push under the rug or, or push into a corner 
and it seemed like it came to a head. And I think growing up there, you kind of see it in that in that different perception. There's a lot of myth making in United States history, and, and I think you hit it right. right on the head with the North, good South, racist. But I think what's so important to the conversation right now from indigenous perspectives is that uh, myth smashing, if you will, you know, bringing things like that to light so we can actually have some decent conversations and perhaps finally move forward. Uh, is this what you set right. out to do with your music intentionally bring awareness? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely don't like uh, I try to write, I guess, what what I'm living and what I'm perceiving. And I try to give people, you know, the truth of it. But, I, you know, I, yeah, I would say like a, a, a core mission of my music is definitely to, um, I guess, like, you know, the people that are most forgotten need unity, need, you know, support. And then also the people that are most comfortable, you know what I mean? In our society, right. they need to be, you know, ruffled up a little bit or ruffled up feathers, you know, and I guess in the same breath. And I guess that's some of more, more of my belief system is that, you know, I guess justice kind of wears both hats, you know, it's like you got to create music that unifies your own people and brings cultural pride to your own camp, you know, um, but also to question, you know, the powers that be every day too, not to just solely um, ignore that there is kind of like a fight happening and that, you know, there is a battle and sometimes for, you know, our ideology and like who we are as a people too. So, I mean, I guess I kind of believe in both of those things um, in one breath, I would say. Uh, this is Opium's fourth album, correct? Yes, my fourth album. What does this album uh, represent in, in the band's journey? Well, I think that's an interesting question because, uh, I mean, I, I definitely tried to leave. I guess it, it's a question, the title is a question without a question mark kind of thing. <laughs> so it's, it's to ask people a question, you know, but it's also to ask people a question like, what symbol represents the spirit to you? You know what I mean? Or like, mm. what does you know, your spirit means to you or, you know, and, and some of the songs are obviously what my perception is, what, but I try to, I guess with songwriting, I try to always keep it so that the listener can, can own that experience, right. Can own the songs and, and perceive what they need to get from it for themselves, you know? And I think that's like a really powerful part of music is the ability to, you know, transmute like from my experience or my storytelling to then somebody else on the other side, right? A listener or a fan or somebody can can maybe perceive that in a totally different way that's good for them, you know? And so I think in terms of the band's evolution from a musical standpoint, it's more, I think it's more pointing the direction of where we're going on the next albums of more, you know, like solid rock band influence stuff, but we're still experimental and we're still into a lot of, you know, experimental sounds. Cool. But we're kind of driving the focus that direction nowadays. Well, let's uh, come back and talk a little bit about where exactly the band is going here after this block, um, and we'll wrap things up. It's been great having you on the show. I look forward to uh, talking just a little bit more, and I do have another one of your recommendations coming up. Um, as we were mentioning, the New Folk Rebel Alliance is uh, a kind of an offshoot of Gogo Bordello. We'll talk about your connection with them. I also have In a State featuring Artson in this block, but kicking things off, it's Mercury in Retrograde from Opium's What Symbol Represents the Spirit. You're listening to Gaino. I'll sort of know it then. Some will taste it, some will face it, some will bow to the basic, some chasing sensation, some getting facelifts, some that fake shit, some live in seven generations, some live with patience, some minds racing, some live in cages, some just stop trying to turn pages, some stuck in the matrix, some afraid of changing, some just trying to get faded, some can't take it, some live in a world they created. Everyone wants something somewhere, somehow, we all want the same thing. Yeah, we all want the same thing Everyone wants something somewhere, somehow We all want the same thing 
Adrian Wall with Interstate. You're listening to Gyno. Make I feel alright 
Circle of time is bringing new thoughts and new meaning. Oh, what a beautiful world with a universal soul. With an infinite journey, can only wish for you to grow. So don't let it go, let your light shine and grow. I wanna look into your eyes and see that bright beaming glow. Bye. 
no borders, no walls. The new Folk Rebel Alliance with Fronteras. It's kind of a little bit of a post-apocalyptic Western, if you ask me. Uh, welcome back. You're listening to Gyno. My featured artist today is Liam McDonald. We're talking about Opium's fourth album, What Symbol Represents a Spirit. As we were getting caught up before the interview, uh, you mentioned, uh, I guess you've played a little bit with the New Folk Rebel Alliance, yeah? Yeah, so I first linked up with them for our first Indigenous People's Day concert in Chicago. Um, they're out of New York City, but um, they came out for that, and we've been... Uh, close friends and collaborators since then and um i i guess i really connect with their music from like a totally different you know they're from a totally different cultural background um than i am but i think there's some real camaraderie and um shared experiences and stuff We have just a few more minutes left. Let's talk future plans for a moment. Um, You just recently signed a book deal with Penguin Random House. I was wondering if you could tell listeners a little bit about that. Yeah, so essentially um, I'm writing a Native American history book for young readers. So it's about 20,000 words. So it's for essentially kids 11 and up. So it's uh, a middle schooler's history book. Hmm. Um, And it's part of a series and uh, the first four are coming out in 2022. It's essentially the unwritten history of America. So there's an African-American writer that's writing one of the first four. I'm writing one. And there's a Latinx writer writing kind of the immigrant experience of the United States. And it's very similar to Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States yeah. that kind of covers American history that um, I guess the system has left out for a long time. And so essentially Penguin from the whole George Floyd murder um, received a lot of uh, requests, right, to update uh, American history. So I'd been kind of a history nerd my whole life and never really thinking about writing a book or anything like that, but just always kind of interested in, in like, learning more, as much as I could, I guess, in my free time uh, with a lot of, like, nonfiction history and and yeah, I just randomly got approached by the editor and he was like, you know, you're the guy for this, for this job. And I was kind of like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and so it's been, it's been a whole journey and it's, you know, it hasn't been easy, but I'm getting towards the end of it. And I think, um, I think it'll have a lot of representation for native youth in there as well as, as non-native youth that don't know a lot about native people. Yeah. Um, and I think it's been a really powerful opportunity to kind of, flip the script on when when history started and so i, I kind of started the book with a lot of traditional haudenosaunee uh pre-colonization history you know so i'm not really starting historically like when the white man showed up you know i'm, I'm going into indigenous knowledge of, of not just our people but you know people all across turtle island and kind of the valuable knowledge that we provided even before you know europeans came i guess to kind of change you know, try to shake up the game a little bit and um, put some truth out there in, in the history books. So. Well, that's a, a great example. I mean, uh, of course, we're aware of the Haudenosaunee influence <laughs> on, on the formation of the United States, but the average person out there still isn't. So, you know, right. it is vital that that representation is there. That's a reoccurring theme in a lot of my recent conversations on why exactly right now is such an important time to actually get that representation out there. So I can't wait for that. Is is there uh, a projected release date or is that still all in the work? Overall, they're thinking uh, summer 2022. So next summer, they haven't really given us the exact uh, publication date, but um, I'm getting it finished up here soon in the next month. So it's pretty much written. Um, It'll just need to go through the, the printing press, I guess, in the next year. Be on the lookout for that. And in addition, uh, let's see, you also mentioned a new album in the works, too, yeah? Yeah, so, I mean, not being able to tour um, over the last year, I just kind of built, you know, I've always had recording equipment, but I kind of just got my setup going here during quarantine and just kept writing, kept writing, kept writing and recording and had a lot of time, honestly, to, to get the songs right. So I actually came out, you know, quarantine dropped this last album last month but i got a whole other one (laughs) ready to go so we're just finishing that up we just did some drum tracking on it and there's some music producers that are kind of putting the final touches on it Um, but that should be out next spring and that'll be called all roads are good and that's kind of a similar album it's an lp to what symbol represents the spirit Um, it's kind of some experimental stuff some 
rock stuff, some reggae. That'll be exciting. Listeners, stay tuned for that. Talking about uh, touring, obviously 2020 uh, was so hard on the touring musician. It does appear as though, at least right now, as at the time of our conversation, that you're going to be able to uh, get back out there on the road. And, and one of the reasons uh, for me reaching out today was well, you're coming to my neck of the woods here in, in the fall time. Um, how many stops are you going to be making, or, or what is the tentative plan at this point? Yeah, so in, in October, we got asked for Indigenous Peoples Day in New York City on Randall's Island on the 10th. So we kind of just built a little East Coast tour around that. Nice. So we'll be starting on the 7th in Cleveland, and then we'll play Seneca Nation um, at the museum on October 8th uh, for a free event uh, in the amphitheater. Hmm. And then October 9th, we're playing Washington, D.C. at uh, DuPont Underground, which is kind of a cool spot. And then we'll end up in New York City, and we'll actually pick up the new Folk Rebel Alliance guys, and then we're playing in Chicago. All right. <laughs> we're going back to Chicago. Well, I'm looking forward to coming to Ohio, and uh, I can't wait to catch up with you then and, and talk more shop and uh, enjoy your tunes. Uh, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me at opliummusic.com. That's O-P-L-I-A-M music.com. And you can stream anywhere at Opium, O-P-L-I-A-M. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with me today on Gyno, and I wish you all the best, Liam. Thank you so much, but I appreciate it. Miawa. Cause it's more easy than practicing patience Auditory audacious Fire starter flames stay lit Polymorph and I shape shit Solar panel brain my mind shine Evergreen glow glow all times Page flipped undying nature that's ageless Yeah the sun will watch me set set The moon will follow my tides I swallow my pride then throw it back up Glowing out loud being myself is all I know how to do all I know how to do, to do, to do, to do, to do. This art dissecting my heart, I pull it apart. Cathartic releases of look at the parts and pieces and how to improve, how to improve, how to improve, how to improve. I trust the word of mouth when my fire finally burning out. You remember, use the embers as you choose. I'ma keep glowing. I'ma keep glowing When the curtain comes on down All this time around I'ma keep growing I'ma keep glowing When the curtain comes on down
podcast episodes of Gyno, log on to gynomusic.fm or nb1.org. Also, to discover more music from incredible indigenous artists, be sure to check out the Native Artist Directory at nativeartistdirectory.com. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.